Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 29 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Denise Grover Swank. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I am been a fan and reader of yours for a while and excited to be chatting with you. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started. Okay. Well, I've always written a little bit my whole life. I say that I started my first book in fourth grade and then started <laughs> the habit of not finishing a book that I started. <laughs> um, but I finally, back in 2009, I heard about NaNoWriMo and I real I told myself that I was either going to finish a book or I was going to shut up about writing one. So um, I did. I finished the book. Um, it was utter crap. So then I started another one, <laughs> which is okay. I tell people that sometimes you like write a book and don't do anything with it. It's just a learning book. And that's what it was for me. So I wrote an urban fantasy called Chosen. And back then in 2010, indie publishing really wasn't a thing. It was considered vanity publishing. So I tried to get an agent and um, then gave up after a year and started indie publishing and um, have absolutely no regrets. So I write a lot of different genres to my detriment. <laughs> Should have had pin names in there. But I write, uh, I used to write, I used to be known for urban fantasy, but now I'm more known for mystery romance and rom-coms. So, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I published, I published in July, 2011. Um, and I, everybody asks me how many books I have. I have no idea. I need to count them. <laughs> um, I, I would say at least 80 probably. So, but then you've got in, you know, novellas and box sets and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I am always floored with the amount of books that sometimes you guys end up with after a couple of years and at the same time people are like oh, I've only written five and I'm like dude that's five more than most other people yes <laughs> so yes, you're exactly good. Yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> with you writing in different uh, genres do you see that you kind of or think that you kind of have to get into a different mindset and what does that look like when you're writing things versus, you know, like a thriller or a coziness kind of thing versus some of the other stuff that you write. Yeah. So like when I was writing urban fantasy, I used to love writing my Rose Gardner series because it was like a lighter mystery. And so I used to call her my dessert. Um, so I, I find that I, I, I need to write both like darker stuff and lighter stuff. And so I need to like alternate them sometimes just for my psyche. I'm a Gemini. And so <laughs> makes like so much switch sense. it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it's weird because like then my Rose Gardner series really took off. And so obviously, you know, as an indie author, you know, I'm also a business person, not just an author. So I'm going to follow what the readers want. Um, so but like I get I get to where I just need something different. So, you know, I've written a women's fiction. I've wrote paranormal romance and again I should have done those under pin names I even wrote some reverse harems but I did write those under pin names <laughs> that I know <laughs> there's a secret I won't tell anyone what they were because there was like at that point there was like a freedom to writing those because like I feel like my readers have certain expectations of me which is great and I always try to meet those expectations so no matter what genre that I write I tend to write um like you know 
I, I tend to write a lot of like secondary characters, like strong secondary characters and, and what have you. And so, uh, but like when I wrote those reverse harems and I, I told myself right from the beginning, no one would ever know I wrote them. There was such a freedom to write whatever I wanted and not have to worry about failing my readers. So like I have a fantasy romance kicking around in my head right now. And I'm like, girl, you do not need another genre. <laughs> it just muddies the water. And, you know, my really diehard fans will will follow me, but most won't. So, like, I'm like, um, if I do, I'll probably write it under a pin name and then tell readers what that pin name is. But, okay. um, yeah, so, like, if I'm writing, a, like, a very different genre, I read books in that genre to make sure I'm trying to hit the tropes or, you know, the expectations of readers or, or, or what have you. But I, I've been told in reviews and by readers and stuff that I I tend to flow well between genres that some people are surprised that I can write, you know, a darker urban fantasy and then a, a lighter rom-com or whatever. Um, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> it's just, like I said, I guess I just try to like follow what I think readers expect in those genres. And um, yeah, but I feel like my writing like the core of me is still there okay. I can't like I can't seem to get away from that like if I try to write a really dark thing it just ends up still having some humor and stuff in it I just can't seem to help it so well I think that's just basic human nature I mean there's individuals that how we cope sometimes I'll make a joke in the middle of a ER yes. having to make a difficult decision <laughs> yes yes yeah you know things like that it's just how we handle things but it, yeah. it is true as, as a reader if when I find an author that I just love their writing style I don't care if they're writing thrillers mystery uh romance any of the subgenres, you know the fantasy uh, paranormal I will follow because of the, the writing style and I know some, sometimes that works with some listeners and readers other times they're like no just get right. some mystery and that's it yeah but I'm like I want more. So if I love your writing style, I'm like, what are you doing next? Uh, yeah. But it, it's definitely. And as an yeah. author, I love you. I love readers like that who mm -hmm. <laughs> will follow me. So yeah. Yeah. But also too, it's almost like a challenge. I'm like, for me personally, like I'm not a huge dark romance reader. And so if they were busting out with you're writing now a dark romance, I'm going to be like, okay, let's see how it's going to work. Cause I love her writing. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how is she going to, not a how so much of how she's going to pull this off, but how, how is it going to come out that I end up still loving it? Um, the right. story itself versus not the genre, right? And that's right. where I yeah, think Yeah, that makes talents. total sense. And that's where the talent too also kind of shines in that you can write whatever and it just flows better, you know, based on what you write. And also sometimes you guys, there's been instances where there's been books that I've read. I have one example, like Danica Dark has her seven year series and it reads like a contemporary. She just happens to have shifters. In it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I haven't read that series, but I'm going to yeah. definitely check that out now. Or other that, you know, it's still technically a romance. It just happens to be a murder. <laughs> right. Or yeah, exactly. Murder thriller. There just happens to be a little bit of romance and it's almost a romantic suspense, but not really. But still, you know, yeah. it's one of those you kind of try to classify. And I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the story and start overthinking it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like when I wrote my first rom-com, The Substitute, I was had been writing a lot of Rose Gardner mysteries. And so I start writing this rom-com and I, I throw mystery in there. Like, I, I'm like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> I just couldn't get away from it. 
it was a very small minor mystery, but it was still in there. So yeah. Yeah. But it's true though. I mean, think about it at the end of the day, if you're writing a rom-com and hypothetically teacher it, the mystery can be as simple as who ate the lunch yes. from the refrigerator. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. And figuring that <laughs> exactly. out, that's an entire plot point right there where there's so many different things that could happen, but still that's such still a mystery. And it, sometimes yes. readers don't realize that that's, Yes, it's part of the plot. It, it drives the conversation. It could be yeah. why two people get together, but it's still a mystery <laughs> that they're throwing yeah, exactly. in there. And, exactly. And they never thought that now they're, that, that that was the whole, like, they still wanted to know who the hell took the lunch. Yeah, um, exactly. And, it, and if you're that reader, you may want to check out Mysteries and Thrillers. Because <laughs> that's Yeah, you might be pleasantly fun. surprised. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And I know you were saying that you had done that. Has it ever happened where you knew you were going to write, like you have to be writing, this is supposed to be a romantic comedy, but it ends up just being a murder mystery or something else like that, or the other way around where it was supposed to be this, but now it's a romantic comedy or a romance contemporary? Uh, yes. So my Maddie Baker series was supposed to start off being like super lighthearted, um, kind of like a cozy mystery, but not quite because it still had cursing in it and, you know, blood and stuff like technically cozies aren't supposed to have all of that um but it was supposed to be like funny like my darling investigation series and once I started writing it it did not turn out like that at all <laughs> like I ended up having to change the title <laughs> I changed the cover it just didn't it just turned out to be a a murder mystery that has some humor in it and has some romance but it was darker than I expected it to be and I fought it for a while and then I finally was just like girl just go with it because I was knew I was gonna have to change everything and I was like this is the story that's supposed to be and just go with it because I find if I fight it it, it just doesn't turn out it's not in my mind it's not as good as it would have been if I just let the story tell itself yeah it, it yeah don't go against the wind right yeah I'm a pantser too like I do like have plot points but I tend to do best when I pants and not have a very detailed plot oh okay yeah I, I can kind of see something I mean I'm a planner so that, that to me sometimes a little bit like oh my god really How? yeah um, yeah <laughs> but also the freedom of oh look we're gonna go hard rights <laughs> okay I know Versus, yeah, it's scary. It's yeah. scary when you think you're supposed to do one thing and it goes another way. But see, that's where the pantser is like, okay, sure, let's just go that way. Me as the planner yeah. will bust out with no, 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 that's no, no. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's go this way, please. Thank you. And then that's where the forcing happens and things cannot work out. And and I know that the, yes. from what you guys have usually shared with us is that the the characters can be rather loud and yes, sometimes can yes. come in you know literally have full-on blown conversations if they're real people and yes when that does happen and you're trying to force it i'm sure the characters are going what the fuck are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah um and that the first <clears throat> the second book i completed the first the urban fantasy that i published after that i wrote after my NaNoWriMo book and that happened at the end of the book the male character will he was supposed to do some, like I, I plant, plotted that one out some, and he was supposed to behave in a certain way. <laughs> and as he's got, as he's leaving, it's like the end, he starts like observing things around him. And I'm like, literally going, what are you doing? Well, that's not the plan. <laughs> doing this. So, um, I finally just let him do what he wanted, which sounds insane. Um, but it turned out so much better than what I had planned. So yeah, 
Sometimes you just got to listen to those characters. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I know that they've gotten loud, you know, like yes. orders yeah. of books have been changed because of the characters being loud yeah. and, and then also redone again because they were loud while you were not writing their story. But as soon as you started, they were like, mom's the word and you're going, fuck yeah. up. <laughs> exactly so your characters have done that to you as far as you know being loud and obnoxious or very vocal about things yeah and like I'll um I feel like especially if you're a pantser um at least for me and like if I like sometimes I'll have like multiple plot so like if a book is a to z I'll have like a and I'll have plot d and I'll have point f or um, and then I have to just get to those points. But I've actually had some books where I literally had no idea what was going to happen until I started writing it. And so it feels like a choose your own adventure. So like the characters are doing their thing and then all of a sudden it just doesn't feel right. Like they're not talking or they're not behaving at all. And so I like have to like maybe take a day and back up and say, okay, where did, did it, is this going wrong? Is this just my headspace? You know, what's going on? So then I'll usually like organize my pantry or clean. (laughs) (laughs) Usually then like it comes to me and I can figure out, okay, this is what I, this is the direction I need to go, or I need to back up a couple of chapters and rewrite them and go a different direction. So, um, so, so sometimes that's a little scary and I have dumped massive amounts of words before when it actually went the wrong way because you know the theory that you know you hear just keep writing in the first draft just keep writing you can like sort it out in editing and I have done that before and had to cut off entire halves of books and just mm-hmm. trash the words yeah so I don't follow that advice everybody has their own way that works for them and I've come to realize if I'm stuck oftentimes I need to take a couple of days and I need to think about it and let it sort itself out in my head while I'm doing that busy work. Cause I, I took Becca Symes, um, write better faster and learned my personality type and then had a, some coaching sessions with her. And she's like, you're the kind of person that you need when you get stuck, you need, you need to organize. Like you're not wasting time organizing your pantry and cleaning. That's your brain's working in the background and it's sorting it out and you're focusing on something else. And so, yeah. um, I just kind of learned to start, start trusting myself and trusting my process and my brain. And it's actually worked out better. So I'm not dumping massive amounts of words. And usually, and sometimes it might take me a little bit longer to write the book because I'm doing it that way. But um, yeah, it's just, but every, literally every book I write is different. And I think it's like that for every author. You think you've got it down pat. And then the next book will be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. You think you have it down. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. laughing in your face. So yeah, <laughs> I can totally picture that character that was like all up in your face about okay, so the next book's going to be about me. And yep, yeah. And you finally say, okay, fine, you agree to it. You sit down and you're going to start writing the book, and you start, and then there's that point where he needs to step up to say something, and he's being quiet. Yeah. And you go through that process. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to go clean the pantry and organize that. Yeah, thing out. And then yeah. he's like, what the hell are you doing, woman? Yeah, why are you not writing my story? <laughs> it's funny because my kids can always tell when I'm stuck in a book because they're like they'll like notice the pantry's been all cleaned out and they're like oh you're stuck again (laughs) yes (laughs) or the laundry room's been picked up and organized or whatever so yeah (laughs) well I will tell you if we lived closer I I would definitely be one of your like listen if you need my pantry (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I would get into that point where you may yes. just want to come over if you're ever stuck. Don't have to worry about yours, you know, redoing yours when yours is fine. There's other pantries that you we can help you with. There you it's go. Okay. I may like, yeah, I may like put it out like on Facebook Marketplace. Do yeah. you need your pantry organized? I will come to it. <laughs> hey, there's yeah. a, like a new side hobby business, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> gotta, gotta go with the hustles, right? And that's and right. Also productiveness. You're still doing what you need to do to get the story done, but while you're doing exactly. it, you're and you're helping little... someone else. I mean, yeah. Oh, there. Yeah, I okay. kind of like this plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's interesting you said that about the whole wasting time. A lot of us, I think, feel that yes. however we have to get to that next step where, yeah. you know, to in the process, whether it is organizing a spreadsheets or whether it is figuring out what comes next on a podcast or for you, the story and things like that, we fight it. We're like, no, yeah. I must sit here at my desk and stare yes. at a blank sheet of paper and stress out about not having anything to do with what I'm supposed to be doing. And to be able to just say, you know what, it can wait and focus on something yeah. else, I think is yeah. great that you've been able to discover that earlier on um, yeah. or at all, because some of us are still struggling with that. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was your coach session well, again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Becca Syme, she has this, she has this thing called write better, faster, and it would probably work for anything. Uh, but you learn your different personality types and your your personality strengths and how to make them work for you and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was very insightful and it was very helpful and made me feel better about the way I, I, my brain works. I was trying to fight it and I was like, that's crazy. Don't do that. So yeah. And, but also giving yourself the permission, whether that is, and that's also yeah. a, a way of like the self-care, which a lot of times people think- yes self-care has to be this huge grand thing. And, and then sometimes it's yeah. just being left alone uh, yeah. <laughs> to do anything. And it could be the bubble bath and could be this, but sometimes you just need yeah. to, that is a self-care. Well, yeah. And the curse of working from like, I love working for myself and I don't think I could ever work for anyone ever again because I like the freedom of it. But the curse of it is, is there, the work is never done. Yeah. So like last night, you know, nine o'clock at night, I have my lap, I'm watching TV, but my laptop is open and I'm, you know, making Facebook ads or like, it, I'm never not, it's rarely that I'm not working. And so I've tried to find more of a balance over the last few years of this is work time. This is family time. You need, you can't work 24 seven, you know? So, but then I also, then I felt like I kind of went I was having some health problems. So I felt like I went the other way too much where I wasn't devoting enough time to work, but like was having some brain fog. So then it was super frustrating when I was trying to write because the words just wouldn't come. And so, but all of that got resolved and I'm like, I feel like I'm back, but I'm like trying to like caution myself not to become that workaholic that I was because I, I know I'm prone to workaholic tendencies too. And so like, it's not good to like work all the time either. Um, but it's hard because my desk is here and there's always work to do. So, um, yeah. So that self-care is hard because then you feel guilty because, well, you could be yes. making a Facebook ad. You could be answering those emails that you put off. So, yeah. yeah. And then feeling the guilt because you did take the time off and now you're playing catch up. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel you. I'm still working on that again, also working from home. And finding that that uh, balance is really hard. And when you're on deadlines and you're trying to figure things out and then you have the characters in your case 
yelling at you about their stories yeah. and then you have fans i'm sure also asking about that secondary character that popped out of nowhere in one scene and we're like we want more of that one <laughs> yes yes yeah yeah and i have like i ended my rose garner series so i have a lot of readers who really 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 want me to bring it back um so you know that's hard but i always said i would keep writing that series as long as um i felt like rose had room to grow and I, you know, I was still invested in the series and I'm still very invested in the characters, but I felt like, you know, I put those characters through hell for a lot of books and I just felt like they needed their, at least their momentary happy ending for now. <laughs> you know, I, I've always said I may go back to them, but I'm like actually bringing a few of them to a new series that I have, that I'm going to be releasing later this spring. So I'm hoping that will make some of them happy. So we do love a good spinoff. So <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, that just helps with so much other potential, you know, when there's a long series, like for me personally, I love authors and their writing styles and things like that. And sometimes like when I discover someone new because of a book and then I'm like, Oh fuck, it's a part of a series. And it's like 20 yeah. books. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. The commitments. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. Like it was like, I split it up into two series, but it was, it was a lot of, there was nine books in the first series and seven in the second, some plus novellas. And as like, as like as sec, you know, a secondary series. So that's a lot of books to commit to. And it was very overwhelming. So, you know, I can totally see that. So, yeah. And then you guys keeping up that lovely Bible of characters and if they have blue hair, yeah. you know, or blue eyes, because potentially yes. yes, blue yeah. hair too, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so actually I had an older woman who had blue hair, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she tinted it. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I'm like, wait, wait, what happened? They had green eyes in this one book and now they have, well, you know? that's, that's just it. So it, it gets really hard as an author because like, you mentioned just in passing that this character had this car, but you don't remember you're writing their car and you want to put what kind of car it is. And you're like, well, what book was that? I didn't put that down. I didn't write that down. And then you're like scrolling, like I'll spend, you know, I could end up spending an hour looking for the, just the model of the car that they drove, which is kind of dumb. I could have just put it was a car, but <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I really like the details. So yeah. Right. But also that's also where yeah. you'll get dinged in a review. Yes, uh, definitely. Because yeah, I'm definitely. I'm the girl that I'm more about the story itself. If the description while I'm in the moment, I'll remember I'm like, oh okay, love the fact that he has blue eyes or X white car. But later after I finished with the book, I'm like, wait, he had what car again? <laughs> but other readers are like man with the details and they will remember and that's something that they'll yeah. include in a review which i understand but i'm like you could have just sent them a dm and let them know instead of doing it publicly yeah but it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah again me that's just kind of like how i roll i'm like i'm not gonna call you out on that but yeah um, <laughs> you know plot missing maybe but uh, start with the good stuff and then like i would have preferred um but yeah. i mean that's that's all where I love that we have such a diversity when it comes down to kind of readers that are in this community that will remember the details and remember every yes. single little thing. And I'm going, how yeah. you human, you're supposed to be human. I, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I have on occasion asked my readers, but I hate to, because then I feel like it makes me look really dumb. Like you don't know that. 
Oh yeah, right. No, like I don't the expectation remember. is that you're supposed to know everything, yeah. and I'm like, do you not realize how many books they've written already in different yeah. genres? In your case, come on. <laughs> yeah, and over years, like especially yes. if someone discovers the series later, yes, you know exactly. they'll have like read them all back to back. But like I first started, I first wrote Rose Gardner, the first book back in 2010. And then wrote the last one a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's a long spread between books and yeah, for, for me to forget something. So it's it's human nature. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where do you get the ideas for the stories, especially when there's so many different genres that you're, you're writing it? I kind of get them from everywhere. Sometimes I'll just start, like, I know I want to write a, like a certain genre. And so I'll be like, okay, well, what can I write with that? Like sometimes I'll just come up with an idea and I'm like, oh, okay, well, what, like back when I was like writing whatever I wanted, I'd be like, oh, well, what genre is that? (laughs) So now, yeah, a lot of times I'll know that I will, I like, like I haven't this new mystery series coming out. I knew I wanted to write another mystery series. So I looked at like what my readers liked. Well, they liked it in a small town. They like like a strong female protagonist. But I also wanted to change things. And I decided that she was like, I write amateur sleuth. But I also realized that there's limitations to that. Like you Mm -hmm. can only stumble upon so many murders. So I needed someone (laughs) who was either in law. Yeah, right. That is either in law enforcement or um like a private investigator. So I made her, I, I kind of split the difference and made her former law enforcement and she's going to become I'm a private investigator. And I've actually like taken private investigator continuing courses, continuing education courses. Like if I was a private investigator, I could actually get credit for that. Like continuing nice. education credit. Cause I just like, I kind of like over do that stuff like over research because I want to make sure I'm getting it right and so like and I just don't feel like I probably know enough to write law enforcement and then the Maddie Baker series her love interest is a police detective in a small town so I I have wrote his police procedure but I don't feel comfortable I'm like always terrified that once the book releases that someone's going to call me out for doing something wrong so um (laughs) I think I'll just feel more comfortable with her as a that's the PI. So she could just do her own thing. So, so I knew that. And then I was like, okay, well, I could set it in Southern Arkansas, similar, like so fairly close to where Rose Gardner was set. And then I knew I was going to bring a couple of characters over that I really loved and didn't want to see the end of them. And I thought, well, I could totally weave them into her story. And then it just kind of grew from there. So it's amazing where these uh, stories can come up with. And I'm always like, it's, I can kind of in no totally see it when if it's a rom-com or if it's one of those romantic contemporaries. I, I always feel a little bit like, where's your mind going when it's the thrillers and the mysteries and the whodunits? I know, and- right? <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, do people just think I'm like, have a dark mind, right? Yeah. So I've actually <laughs> like pissed started- her off. <laughs> I don't know, right? So I've actually like started when I see like interesting true crime things like articles from newspapers I've started like bookmarking them and putting them in a file so I can like look and I don't have to like totally dream up crimes I can like see crimes that have happened and maybe alter them to fit whatever I'm writing so yeah what kind of scene do you like to write usually we always hear about the the dreaded potentially but you know the dreaded sex scene that authors are like oh I can I'll just do the you know sex scene insert here and then they continue to move but what's your (laughs) favorite type of scene to write um I really like when so I am the same way with sex scenes I'm usually like oh I like it's because 
it's a, I find sex scenes a challenge because it's a lot of choreography of part, which part is where, you know, you don't want them having three hands, but you also want to have that emotional connection. So like trying to weave that all together and make it, you know, sexy. So the readers are like, yeah, but I really like to write conversations between characters when they're just like emotionally connected or if they're like burying their souls. I find those like really fulfilling to write and yeah. I like those. It's, it's always interesting when you guys are on sometimes hearing it on social or in other conversations and things. And I always kind of laugh about that whole dreaded sex scene and insert sex scene here um, where others have been like insert smart banter there. And then they're all over the yeah. sex scenes, right? <laughs> yeah. See, I'd rather write the, I'd rather write the smart banter than the sex mm-hmm. scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I understand sometimes as you're reading, you're going, wait, what position is this? And you can only, you can imagine yes. the reader busting up with like trying to, I'm like, no, there's an extra hand there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've heard of authors who like have actual like Barbie dolls to like work it out. Those are usually erotica <laughs> authors that I've heard say that, but yeah, I, I'm like always trying to be careful. <laughs> it's kind of like, I feel like fight scenes and sex scenes are very similar into it's all a bunch of choreography um like when I was writing urban fantasy I've actually had my children act out a fight scene like to see (laughs) if this was actually going to work and they loved it yeah yeah. that's definitely a great way to help mommy with her projects that's for sure yeah 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 Yeah, I mean, again, we the details. Some stuff can stick out more than others, literally and figuratively. And you know that that one thing that you're just writing because you're in the in the 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 moment of it. You know, you're going, oh, there was an extra hand, or in some cases, they forgot to put the condom on. Okay, gotta go back and add. Yes, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So, when did you decide to have your books in audio? I decided very early, actually, I think it was back in 2012, 2013, I heard about ACX, which is where authors can, you know, find narrators and have auditions and stuff. But I will also be honest that I did not know what I was doing. And so I hired some, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what to look for, for narrators. So like I picked one for one series that was a royalty share and like regretted that later because she was not a great narrator. So I would have really recorded them, but I was stuck for seven years. I tried to buy her out and she wouldn't, it was, it was a very popular series. So she was making money and she didn't want to be bought out, which I understand, but I was like stuck with the bad narration for several books until I could have them redone. But then I realized narrators are important that narrators have a followings. And I had written the Curse Keeper series for 47 North and they hired a a narrator, Shannon McManus, to read that series. And I just really loved her. So I reached out to her and asked her if she'd be interested in in narrating some books for me. And so we've worked together on a lot of books now. I just email her and say, Hey, Shannon, I have a, I have a book that's going to be needing to be narrated and she fits it into her schedule. So she narrates almost all of just my like single character female books. But I was like with Maddie Baker, I have the Noah's POV in there as well. So I needed a male, but I had with my rom-coms, they're dual POV. So Angela and I had hired a production company for those. And so they helped find narrators for for both POVs. But I also knew 
but with Maddie Baker, I knew of Chris Brinkley, who's a male narrator. He's narrated for um, Penny Reed, and I really liked his voice. And so I reached out to him and asked him if he'd be interested in narrating for me. And so he was very excited because I think he does a lot of romance. So it was mystery. And so it was, I think it was a little bit different than what he usually does. So, um, and he's done an excellent job. So yeah, I just knew that audio was important, um, even though I spend a lot of money on it and it takes me a while to earn out. But I'm an avid audiobook listener. I spend a lot of time in the car, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So it was just really important to me that my books be in audio if possible. It, yeah, it's amazing me about the some of the things you can get done when you're listening versus having to eyeball read. And uh, and it yeah. does count for those that may be busting out with it. Doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yeah, it totally <laughs> counts. That's for, I know. I see those arguments. I'm like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it does count. But it is true what you said. Um, and that's also where I, uh, you know, how this kind of podcast kind of started initially was to bring out that information as far as the importance of the narrators and how yes. casting is huge. And just because they have a following doesn't mean that they're right for the part either. Yes. And all that, you know, what's good for the character and what brings that that character to life in our earbuds is so important because it can make or break it. I mean, I've read books that have been fantastic and I tr- I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to it again because the other book's coming on. I want to re-list. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> because the narrator, yeah, right? yeah. whether it wasn't the best choice or there has been other yeah. issues with the narrator, you know, as far as behavior or other things and you're going, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've been fortunate. Like I have sold audio rights for a while because I just didn't have time and but I've been lucky that they've usually given me choices of narrators they'll be like here are three narrators and auditions and what are samples or whatever and and pick from one of these and I've usually been happy with who they chose so yeah it's like with any skill sets you know it gets better with time and practice and yeah and and that's including of figuring out how to do the audiobooks to make benefit you as the business um, and yeah. have it be where your listeners and readers are also happy because also that's too sometimes you're going oh I should have hired someone differently or they didn't and then the readers the listeners are like oh my god this is the best ever yeah <laughs> and you're going yeah okay <laughs> yeah sure, oh, thanks I appreciate you but okay yeah yeah <laughs> Or they've done a really good job. They're like, this is not who I imagined what they sound like in my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah if they did, it'd be kind of scary uh, if they yeah. got the exact voice. Uh, so it's always yeah. the best. You kind of have to take it there yeah. with a salt. <laughs> um, and I love the community. I really do. But it's like when they get so out, I'm like, this is not how they sounded in my head. And I'm like, well, my head sounded different than your head did. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And it's kind of like, it's like, it's with narration, but also like with images, like someone will say, oh, this is that, this is this character and somebody else be like, oh my gosh, that is not that character at all. And then, you know, they almost get, depending on how beloved that character is, people can get into semi arguments over. over And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like they just whoever they are in your head is who they are. That is fine. <laughs> yes, like it's okay. My favorite is when that it starts off that way, and then they they start with the, but he's my book boyfriend, and I know exactly what he looks like. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. cleaning yeah. has begun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I know, right? Yeah. And I like, I'm not really big into descriptions of characters. Like I'll talk about their hair and their eye color and their height and stuff. But like, I'm never going to write, he had a Roman nose and a, and a pointed chin and high cheekbones. I mean, occasionally I may write something like, write something like that, especially if it's like a, a murder, you know, a murder mystery suspects, <laughs> like, or whatever. But like, I do kind of purposely vague so people can fill in those blanks themselves. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. learned that years ago about the whole like head, headless, uh, they call it headless torsos and on yeah. the covers for that exact same reason. Yes, yes. As exactly. well as others that they had, damn, the body was great, but unfortunately not so much on the face from a photogenic perspective. Yeah. But it does allow the person to really figure out in their own head what that person looks like and in the one common denominator abs <laughs> so or the tattoo yeah. things like that yeah because, I mean it happens too when you do the opposite you're saying the character has blonde hair and then the, the cover model on the cover has brunette and you're going hmm or something completely different you're going that kind of takes me out a little bit but again yeah. it's like maybe when the author was writing yeah. it, that were, that's the color. And now this is what they're dyeing it out. Okay, fine. <laughs> I yeah. justify it. I however. usually try to make sure the hair color matches. And a lot of times cover designers are good enough that they can change the color. Like they can have a model with one hair color and can change the hair color in the image. But like, I can see like, it, you know, you if you make a cover way ahead of time, which I haven't done, and then the character ends up, you know, having a different hair color, how it could happen. So yeah, <laughs> but I guess I don't really like, I look at the cover and, you know, I do buy books based on cover, but once I start reading, like I'm reading on my Kindle, so I don't see that cover. So I don't know. I don't that remember is true. what color hair they had. So yeah. that is true. And and I'm, again, I'm that girl that probably will forget about the detail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the exactly. Stuff. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Chris, who's also going to be at uh, Reader's Take Denver. And oh, you're awesome. be going. I did not know that. You did yes. not know that? Yeah, he's going to be no, there. <laughs> I'm going to have to find him. Yes, that's so cool. Yeah. So I know this is not your first convention with the amount of time that you've been writing, but it is one of the bigger ones that's happening after the pandemic. Yes. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things yeah. going on. What are you most excited about? Seeing other authors. I mean, that's yeah. one thing. I, I mean, I love meeting my readers, but I also, it's a chance to like, meet authors face-to-face who I've maybe had online conversations with, or maybe even a Zoom call, but to like actually get to see them in person. So I find that to be a really exciting part of going to a bigger conference. Yeah, that's definitely something that um, is common with the authors because it is a lonely job. I mean, you have the characters in the head, but they're not real. Yeah. Let's not say that too, too loud. Um, Because then they'll stop talking to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. And, and yet social media has been great to be able to kind of bring communities yes. together and things like that. But there's still something about connecting with that one person or two that yeah. you've been talking to online or that you've loved their yeah. work. And you're like, oh, my God, you're real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah, here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun time over there at Denver. It's, uh, it's you know, lots of authors and the narrators that are going like I said Chris is going to be there so that's going to be fun for you to be able to meet your narrator yes I'm going to get to meet him that is so exciting yeah I I, I'm gonna have to look and see who else is there because I've had I've we've with our rom-coms we tried to hire different narrators with each book so that they didn't especially within a series so they didn't sound the same and so we've got several narrators that we've used so I'm definitely going to have to look and see who's going so yeah that's exciting 
Yeah, I think it's a adds a little bit of a different depths and stuff. And also, it's funny too when we think about like how they sound in our earbuds, and then we meet them in real life, or we're talking to them yeah. like just on the podcast. And I'm like, you're putting on the other voice, weren't you? <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah. because yeah it's voice acting so yes. yeah i'm sure yeah. they have different voices for that yeah it's one of those two I've, I've had people say hey you know i heard them on your podcast and i like their voice a lot more than they did their what i've heard in the samples and i'm like just tell them that you want their normal talking voice then <laughs> yeah then that's just good <laughs> feedback for them to start versus them having to do it and put it on for sorts but yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a fun time exactly yeah. yeah when you're not working what do you do for fun I watch a lot of Netflix. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> watch a lot of, a lot of, a lot of series and stuff, but I will say, you know, we were talking about ideas. I get ideas from that too. And like the writing, like I watched a series on Apple um, called bad sisters. And um, it was really great because it like, it like mixed timelines. And I just loved how the writers like mixed those so perfectly and told a story and just kept you on your toes until the very end. Like I use those, like I say, like when I first wrote my very first um, urban fantasy, I learned a lot. I was an avid lost fan. So I learned a lot about the, you know, answer a question, present another. And so like, <laughs> I learned a lot about like keeping you know, that tension going from lost. And so I learn a lot from like the TV shows and the writing of TV shows and how they're, they're laid out. So, um, yeah, I, at least that's what I tell myself to justify watching so much of it. I obviously read too, <laughs> but <laughs> I was going to say product knowledge, um, research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sadly, a lot of times if I'm reading, it is what I would call research, like reading the genres, what, what's, what's the current trends for the genre or whatever. So yeah, but I do read for fun too. And I usually tend to binge like a genre, like I'll read a lot of paranormal romance or I'll read a lot of um, thrillers or uh, I'm very eclectic in my reading. I read a lot of stuff. So a lot of different genres. So yeah, my Kindle doesn't know what to suggest to me. It's super confused. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing now yeah so yeah, yeah I, I I would say that um my Spotify as far as lists for songs is very much like that as far as like I don't know what to recommend between the yeah the Viking Celtic and uh hip-hop yeah. rock yeah. 80s 90s and stuff like that and but my reading is it's similar I think they will definitely have paranormal first yeah. to some extent and yeah. then some rom-coms and things like that and also some really good historical ones that I like Especially when it's narration, you know, for me, the whole accent thing. I'm a sucker for accents. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love me some accents. Yeah. When it's done right, <laughs> you know, you're going, oh, can you just read this? I don't care what it is. Just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I love doing with my guests is play a game of two truths and a lie. It's fascinating how you guys can figure and come up with some of these things. And the why you end up selecting them is also fantastic. It's a psychologist is what dream. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes back to me also wanting to be a psychologist when I was younger. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, it's like, okay, so I'm kind of living vicariously there too. But um, why don't you share with us your three things and we will try to figure out which one's the lie. Okay. Well, my first one is that I graduated from high school early and went to college during my senior year of what should have been my senior year of high school. So um, I had enough credits. I hated high school. 
And so I decided I was going to start my college career early. Uh, my second one is I live in Kansas City. So like everything's like Chiefs, right? Since we won the Super Bowl. And I was down at the plaza last week. Like, this is like a big outdoor shopping area because my computer died and I had to take it in to get it fixed. And I saw Patrick Mahomes down at the plaza. And uh, yeah, that was exciting. So, <laughs> um, and then my third one is I was in a pilot for a Kansas City talk show, and I was a makeover segment of that show. Goodness gracious. See, it's <laughs> you have done the whole, I'm going to give her so many damn details that it could potentially be true in all cases. How you That's deliver- the writer in me, right? Yes. The details, right? In yeah. The details, yeah. I mean, even though the whole like, and I hated high school. I'm like, okay, so that has to be true because she, if she says she hated high school, I mean, it was so believable. <laughs> And then this whole thing about why you were in the downtown plaza and the why. And then, oh, yeah, I just happened to also meet, meet, you know, Patrick. (laughs) And then, of course, the the, the makeover. So I want to say, hmm, in a pilot for the makeover session is a lie. That is actually true. Oh, see. That is true. That was actually like really super like enlightening to me how those kinds of shows work. Like they showed up at my door and I had to do that three times. Like they, it was supposed so surprising to be surprising at the door. <laughs> yeah. So I had to like film that three times, like them showing up at my door and me acting surprised. And like through the whole makeover part of the day, I didn't really even get to enjoy any of it. It was all just filming it. And so, yeah, that was like a whole eye opener. And I actually used some of that when I was writing my Darling Investigation series, which was a reality TV show. So, <laughs> So and that, I, that was true. That was true. See, and I'm like, okay, she did not give a whole lot of details. So that, yeah. you know, yeah, see, see, that's how you get us. Um, okay, <laughs> so now we have the two other options. Um, ew, shit. Um, <laughs> dang it, girl. Um, <laughs> the Patrick Mullen in the plaza is a lie. That is a lie. I was down at the plaza with my computer because it broke. It like broke. The screen cracked and I had to get it replaced. But I did not see Patrick Mahomes. See? See, it's all those little details. All those little details. All the details, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all that. It goes too much. much. (laughs) Okay, but see? All right. So you did graduate early (laughs) because you hated high school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did. I hated high school. So, yeah. I had enough credits so I'm like hey I'm out of here so yeah yeah I know as, as yeah I, I I wish I would have been able to have done that I had enough credits but except for that one English class and they're like no just I'm like I can take Ugh. it in the summer I'm like and they're like yeah no, it's okay so I had a bunch of electives my senior year and kind of had to so frustrating it feels yeah. like such a waste of time right it yeah. is because also yeah. it becomes it becomes that moment where like so I don't yeah like, uh, what was it uh oh like AP American history or something like that I was like Nyeh, I don't need to buy so I was like taking yeah. extra, you know, long lunches yeah. or, and stuff like that and other course stuff. Yeah. Like, nah, physics? I don't need this. <laughs> and still graduate you, yeah. with a 4.0 and I'm like, yeah, that kind of yeah. tells you, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. You work with words all day long. Yes. What's your favorite word? Different from the oh, first word. Oh, gosh. Different from the first uh... word. That's a separate part of this question. <laughs> uh, I don't... Uh... 
Um, what is my favorite word? Uh, I have a lot of, it's Rose Gardner was fun because she was set in the South. So I could write a lot of different, like different words, like shenanigans, which is even like in the title. So I, yeah, I would say shenanigans is one okay. of my favorite words. So yeah, it's just a fun word to say. And, you know, it insinuates a lot of mischief and yeah. Yeah. And it can go so many different ways. Like, oh, so, so much fun shenanigans. Uh, I know, right? right? Yeah. Or, the, or the opposite of like, the amount of shenanigans going on around right now, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it is such a great word. I do love that one. So what's yeah. your favorite curse word? Um, It is the F word, which is so funny because before I wrote Chosen, which was my urban fantasy with the character who like had the mind of his own, I never, ever said that word, but he did. <laughs> and so it was like so weird because he was an ex-Marine. He was a mercenary. Of course, he's going to say it. Right. And so it was like so hard for me to like write it all the time. And then I started saying it. And so, yeah, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> You're like oh, actually no. close to blushing right now, but the fact that you have this to say is, that word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was like one of the things he would like think and I would like mm-hmm. write them down and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just typed that. Like, and then they, and like in hindsight, they were so tiny. They were so tame. Some of the things that I wrote, it wasn't even like sexy, but like, you know, anyway, it's like, I was obviously very sheltered. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, no, I just like say it. And I have to like, check myself where I'm at or whatever. I try not to say it around my children, even though most of them are grown just because it just doesn't feel right to say it with them, but it does come out. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this entire time you have not said any curse words that I'm like, fuck this shit. Motherfucker. Okay. I was like, I I was thinking I should have asked you if we could curse because I would have called Will an asshole earlier, but I was like, oh Yeah, it is a plus, you know, an 18 plus kind of a thing. And I am the girl that okay. can not only make okay. anything into a sexual innuendo, because I am that friend, but I'm also okay. the friend that can uh, use fuck as an adjective, you know, noun, pronoun. Yes, or fun yeah, stuff, that's a great so. word. You can yeah. use it in so many ways, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's true. I mean, I, you know, I, I was not a cursor up until high school. And I met at the time my best friend and she taught me all sorts of different creative words. But I totally understand about, you know, the upbringing. It was just not in the household for me either. And it yes. was one of those use other words my mother can make you feel this tiny um yeah. <laughs> without saying one you know curse word in any of the languages that she knew and it was like okay yeah. and that to me is also an art form uh, but also yes fuck you know also just yeah. hits the right spots you know yes i yeah. can agree with that 100 <laughs> yes yeah yeah and i did try the whole cursing that in front of my kid but that got to be very 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 stressful because yeah. you can only do a bunch of like instead of saying this is a bunch of bullshit and you know it was like a bunch of baloney yeah. and getting creative yeah. with like fudgesticles and peppermint schnapp yeah it was just like i'm out of words yeah i'm out like, of words no, I'm this is done. ridiculous yes i'm just gonna yeah mm-hmm. especially when you <laughs> learn you, know you discover yes and oh <laughs> discovering that text where he they were using it i was like oh yes. my god and i've been stressing out this entire goddamn fucking you know? <laughs> i know right yes yeah exactly and then, and then that moment of, of proud like well he was at least using it in the proper terms as far as referencing it so, right? so i'm good i'm good as long as it's used properly and not just as a filler yeah. i'm okay with it so yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> gotta love it the creativeness of words it means a lot yes. at the same time it's just gotta gotta be said you know so. yeah sometimes it's just yeah it's mm-hmm. just nothing else hits the spot yeah oh, i hear it 
So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? I have a release next week. Um, it's a rom-com. It's the last of my Highland Hill series with Angela Casella. And it's called Matchmaking a Roommate. So it's rom-com. So it's a lot of fun. But I'm currently working on the first book of my mystery series. And the one that's set in Arkansas with some crossover from reader or characters from Rose Gardner and it's called little girl vanished. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little darker. Like I, like I said, I like to write light and dark. So it's a little darker cause it's a story about a little girl who's been kidnapped, but I'm loving bringing in the characters that I know. So that that's fun because sometimes with a new series, it's a little daunting when they're all new characters. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of like that. I actually know some of them and, and, and I don't have to get to know them because sometimes with a new series, you're getting to know the characters as you write them. So, yeah, but that doesn't have a release date. It's um, I'm not going to release it until I finish. I'm not going to put up a pre-order until I have finished it. And I, um, sent it to my narrator and know when I'm going to have it back because I want to have a simultaneous audiobook release with the nice. series. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to start trying to do that because I have a lot of audio listeners who are like, when is the audio coming out? And I get tired of saying in a couple of months and they get tired of waiting a couple of months because yeah. they want to read the book, but they're listeners. So they have to wait. So yeah, I'm going to try really hard to start having simultaneous audio release. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a feat, especially nowadays, how sometimes Audible can be as far as printing yes. or, you know, releasing some of those things. But I love the fact that yes. you're thinking about the listeners and, and we appreciate yeah. it and we understand. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely when we when you guys strive to have simultaneous releases and shit happens, we're like, OK, fine. Yeah. But when yeah. it all, when it, it doesn't feel very nice when sometimes it's it feels like and it's not meant as the intent but when it's like right. oh we weren't thinking about you so we're not going to do it until like later and again right. not what the thought process is for you guys because there are so many different factors that come into play right. when it comes down to audiobooks from not only the cost but the availability of the narrator and yeah at the time that it takes to edit things and all that fun behind the scenes stuff that y'all right. don't know about. <laughs> yeah. So. And like with, you know, I use Shannon McManus for a lot of my series. So she's a very busy woman. And so, so she has a lot of traditional contracts as well. So like it's sometimes it's a matter of when she can fit me into her schedule. Yes. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually took that into consideration with this new series, like, but I, should I like, try to find someone who might be more available, but I just really like my relation working relationship with her. And I really like her as a narrator. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stick with what I know. And <laughs> yeah, so, hey, yeah, it works. It works. And if everybody's happy yeah. on your yes. ends, great. <clears throat> you know, and it's, yeah. I would much rather, like I always say when people are like, oh, we have to push a release date out or, oh, we have to wait because the narrator has uh, the, the availability. I'm like, I'm much, much rather wait to get that book that's completely awesome because you really worked on it and you had the time and the capacity to do it. Same thing with yeah. finding the right voice that is going to be for the character than getting a book that's meh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that meh, not going to go, not going to do good. <laughs> well, and I put up pre-orders and canceled, like, yeah. like canceled pre-orders because I didn't think the book was going to be good enough um, because I never want to put out a subpar book. So I've always said, I'll cancel a book. I'll move a pre-order before I'll put out a book that I wasn't proud yeah. of. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I know that the readers uh, and the listeners as well will always be appreciative of that. I mean, we might be like, dang it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fine, Denise, and I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and then just uh, go reread something else or, or, you know, find someone else to listen to until your book is ready. And that's okay. There that's you go. Totally right? as it yeah. should be. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to hang out with me. It's been so much fun. Appreciate oh, you. Thank you for having me. I've had a lot of fun. Okay. And I can't wait to see you in person at Reader's yes. Denver. So that's going to be so much fun. Yes. I'm very excited. I haven't been to a conference in over three years. So wow, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. Post-pandemic. Yeah. Post-pandemic. <laughs> I've had to so learn how to people. Back in so the world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So perfect. Well, I will be including all your social media information as far as the links and some of this upcoming release stuff in the main landing page over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. Everyone, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening. <laughs>